Hello and welcome to the Healthcare and Complicated YouTube channel. Before I proceed, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also check the previous content there for you. Also acknowledge our partners. And today I have a very special guest for you. We have Chris Ross. He's the CIO, Chief Information Officer at Mayo Clinic. Chris, how are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you? It's great to be with you. I'm doing really well. We're talking before the recording that we met, well, not not a long ago. It's only last month, but it feels like a long time ago now, right? Exactly. We're, we're old friends now. Yeah, but that, it was a great session. I mean, I'm sure everybody agrees with that. It was a really, it was very special for me because it was in Lisbon, as you well know. Yes, it was wonderful to be in Lisbon for the Hymns Europe conference. And you did a great job as the host of the keynotes. Thank you, Chris. And your Portuguese was just awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And also, you, you, you didn't deliver just a word or two. You delivered one or two sentences. And Portuguese is such a difficult language. So it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I yeah. practiced hard. Yeah, brilliant. And today we are here to discuss ethical, transformational, and generative AI in healthcare. And Chris, you talked about transformational AI in Lisbon at IMS Europe. And can you give some examples about how transformational AI can be in healthcare? Sure. So, uh, you know, the new set of generative AI tools are really different than what's come before. And one of the things I tried to point out in Lisbon is a part of it is the technology is incredibly popular, powerful, but the other is it, it's democratized. Anyone can work with these tools. You don't have to be a data scientist to build a model. You just need to be smart in how you apply the tools. So we're starting out on mainly on the administrative side of our hospital, thinking about what we can do to reduce administrative tasks. So really simple things like a chat bot for our IT help desk, a chat bot that will help people understand what are our policies. So if a doctor wants to know what's my policy on, you know, uh, travel or uh, reimbursement, or I want to write a book, what are the rules? We want to make all those things kind of easy. I think in the future, these models are going to be applied to help people summarize records that they receive from other providers, help them search for data within complex patient records and so on. Whether we get to the point of diagnosis or not and treatment advice, I don't know. We'll probably get there. But on our way there, I think we're going to achieve a lot in terms of reducing administrative burden and making everyday tasks easier. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. And these things are really happening. I remember for five, six, seven years, we use the AI world as a kind of a, a leading buzz, but now things are actually happening in practical terms. That's right. I totally agree. And moving on, a lot of concerns about ethics, privacy, and even threats to humanity are linked to AI, as you well know. What are your views here? Well, let's start with the simple ones, which is privacy and security. 
I think people who are beginning to work with these AI tools need to know that if they're sending a query to uh, uh, some large language model, they need to know where is that data going and what's going to happen to that data on the other end. It doesn't have to be an evil thing. In fact, in many ways, it'll be very benign. But if you don't know what that large language model is going to do with your query, you ought to assume that that data could become public and might be used to help build the next generation of that large language model. Understand what those risks are, right? Don't be foolish or don't be stupid in how you use those tools. With respect to bias, boy, that's a, a, a significant problem and has been in AI. You know, AI tries to solve problems in the fastest path possible. And so it's going to cut corners and it's not going to worry about fairness. It's not going to worry about identity. It just wants to solve the problem because that's what it's been designed to do. So we know in AI that we've seen before, there's been problems where data sets have not included a wide diversity of people. The AI has benefited one class of people over another, typically white, sometimes male patients, for instance, in healthcare, get an optimal result while others don't. That's a problem. So you have to worry about the data set that you're using to train these models. You have to worry about the queries that you're putting into these models in the form of prompt engineering, engineering prompts so that they're the right ones in the right order. You know, are, are robots going to take over the world? I, that's a question above my pay grade. I, I see how fragile these models are most of the time. I, I'm not sure they're going to be robust enough to break out of banks and hospitals and um, endanger humanity. What I am worried about, Joao, is things like, is this going to displace jobs? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if I'm a young person, what do these tools mean for me when I'm trying to do an entry-level job and these tools can do entry-level tasks pretty well? I, I worry about that as the father of two young women who are early in their careers. Are, they, are their opportunities going to be limited? So lots of things to worry about, lots of ways to be safe. I think we all need to be pretty ambitious about trying to improve the world with these tools. Let's be careful not to do damage while we're doing that. Brilliant. Th thank you, Chris. It's a lot of speculation at the same time, you know, from the social media to the Elon Musk insights to the local governments, worldwide governments about AI. So I think that kind of... Um, overblown discussion sometimes doesn't help because we need a bit of a reality check. And the things that you mentioned there are very important. Of course, we have to be cautious, but at the same time, not think that AI is going to end the world in, in 20 years' time or you're going to harm human beings or we're going to steal our jobs in other worlds. So there's a lot of speculation going around. So anyway, thank you. I so agree much. with you. I agree with you. That's smart. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is the way it is the way it is. Move, moving on to the third and last item, uh, Chris. Everyone is talking about generative AI, 
and the, the LLMs, the language, uh, the large language models that you just mentioned, how impactful generative AI will be in healthcare? So, you know, I just said a minute ago, I don't think that these things are going to damage the world or be evil. And I think that's true. On the other hand, uh, Joel, I, I think that this set of technologies is the most important thing that I have seen in my career since the introduction of the internet. Um, and I know that that sounds like incredible hype, but I think it's true. And, and here's, here's the reasons. Number one, these large language models represent a whole bunch of evolutionary steps that got us here. Uh, it's things like Google inventing Bigtable and BigQuery that let us like search instantaneously and find the world. Our ability to um, take data off of all kinds of devices, everyday devices, um, and store that data essentially for free. Um, computing becoming so cheap because of large scale cloud computing, right? We've got all these foundational steps that if you stand here and you look backwards, you say, well, that's just obvious that we would get here. Well, it wasn't that obvious along the way, but now it, it is. These technologies have become so capable, so fluid, so agile, right? That's the impressive part. Then the second part is what I described before. The large language models are for the experts to build. But generative AI is something that anyone can start working with. Now, they might not have great results, and it might not be any more than someone typing a, a query into chat GPT and having it write a resume for them or something. I, you know, that's trivial. But most of us, with enough thought and a little bit of time, can build some things that are pretty safe, pretty reliable and generate remarkable results. So that's one part. The second is, oh my gosh, I'm sure you're seeing this, all the tooling, all the little companies that are building components to make the use of these tools easier. It's incredible. There's thousands of companies and people with money are shoveling money at these companies. Um, they're not all going to pay off and some people are going to lose money on those investments but some of them enough of them are going to break through so i think this is the equivalent of when we went from you know water power to steam power this is the equivalent of where we went from steam power to electric power this is the equivalent to where we used to have one power plant in a factory that drove all the machines from like one set of axles and pulleys to putting electric engines on each machine. This is the equivalent of, in the United States, the development of a road network. It's just, I believe that this is an enabling foundational technology that five or 10 years ago, we'll look backwards and we'll say, oh, well, yeah, just like we look back at the internet and we look back at mobile devices and they all seem logical. Of course those existed. Of course Steve Jobs was going to invent the iPhone. Well, it wasn't so clear at the time. So 
I may be wrong, and if I do, if I'm wrong, I owe you a drink in Lisbon at the at the location of your choice. But I think five years from now, this will we will see this in many places in healthcare. I think it will make healthcare easier, more accessible, less expensive. It'll help us cope with the worldwide shortage of medical professionals. It'll help us deal with an aging population. I'm very optimistic. I think these tools are going to have a, a huge positive effect. Brilliant. Chris, I, before I forget, I think you are right. I do agree with you. I still would love to take you up on a drink in Lisbon, but that's all right. Sorry. <laughs> It's a deal. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, the, the, the potential in healthcare is enormous. And you mentioned there, combat the, the, the current challenges. But I love the analogies that you gave about this progression, about this new era. We're entering definitely a different phase. And, and yeah, I, I, I love what you said. Chris, I, we come to the end of the interview. There's so much I wanted to say to you. But I want to thank you for this magnificent insights, the expertise, and the things that you mentioned there. I brought up my YouTube channel as healthcare and complicated because I really see the need for simplifying healthcare, making healthcare stick together. And I believe generative AI will definitely play a very strong role there. And the last little question that I have for you is, how can we make healthcare and complicated? <laughs> well, what you're doing, Joe, is unbelievably important um I, I your channel is great your content is great I, I, you know i i think that the the fact is that you know curing disease is hard right and some of these things are difficult but it shouldn't be difficult for a patient to get an appointment at a hospital it shouldn't be difficult for them to be able to communicate with their doctor or other clinicians it shouldn't be hard for them to get information about their care. Oh, I didn't understand what the doctor says. I need someone to help explain it to me. And I, I think those, if we work on 10 simple things, it will make more difference than trying to do one big thing um, that's likely to fail. So I love what you're doing. I love the way you bring practical advice to people. I think that's exactly what we need. Chris, thank you so thank you so much. It's lovely it's lovely to see you. It's great to see you. Hope to see you again really soon. I hope to see you uh, as soon as well. And and thank you, thank you very much, Chris, for your time and for this amazing, amazing input. And um, I'm going to round up now to all our viewers and listeners. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check our partners. Also, I'm going to post the links for you to connect with Chris. Ask him questions on LinkedIn or other uh, mediums. And I'll see you all next week.